Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for swinging by and checking out TLC Presents Conversations. He's here. You've asked for him. I got him. He's sitting next to me. Give it up from Whole Food Market. The one, the only, the pride of Boston, Eric Brown. Welcome, Eric. How you doing out there? Thanks, Todd, for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure. I got to tell you, you're very well requested. I, I you know it, it took a lot of chasing you down to get you to pin yourself down for a little while to hang out with me. But I'm you, know, a you guy. Have, I'm a busy guy. I got three little kids now. They keep me. They keep me moving. I know. I know you got three little kids. I got all these. You know, you you got groupies out here, man. You got groupies. You've been around. You you know you, you you're a baller in this space, and you've done so many positive things. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited to have you here today is to kind of talk about who you are, what's going on. I mean, we're going to cover everything from A to W. That's why I'm looking at this today. So we should, we should, I'm looking forward to this chat. I got a lot of questions to throw at you and I'm excited that you're here. So thanks for, I really do appreciate you taking the time Um, and hopefully it'll be painless. I'm going to make it painless for you. (laughs) Well, it always is. I mean, you know, I mean, that's why I was, you know, happy to come on is I've known you forever and good partner and always just been, great to just have a conversation with whether it be about business or life or whatever it's just good to catch up and i appreciate that just my job so i appreciate that very very much and and you know it'd be better if we were doing this on a like a gopro on a golf course but we'll do that on episode two (laughs) exactly (laughs) so so to get started a little bit just for the for like the three people that don't know who you are tell us a little bit about your you know your trajectory with whole foods you've been there you've been there quite a while and you've got a big role so tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and that that whole launch pad yeah. for yourself no fair enough um well geez I've been with whole foods for 30 years um, and counting and you know believe it or not it was by chance that I sort of got a job at Whole Foods. Um, and actually it was bread and circus. Um, right. I grew up down the street from a bread and circus store. I think it was the third or fourth store that had been opened at the time and just, you know, needed a part-time job. Uh, I was working for another retailer when I was going to school and they were hiring for a little bit more money um, at the time. and Back then, it was like, okay, yeah, 50 cents an hour, 50 cents an hour. So it all worked out and um, happened to just um, get hired in grocery of all places, uh, filling bulk bins. And if everybody remembers back in the day at the old natural food stores, there was a tremendous amount of bulk bulk grains, you know, whether it be oats or or rices and so on and so forth. So filled those and then kept, kept my eye on the produce team that was next to me. and. I was like, well, those guys seem to be having a lot more fun than me <laughs> filling the bulk bins. So I was like, how do I get myself to go work with the produce guys? Um, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. And then so on. And sort of just after time, I just, you know, joined that team and worked on uh, building that program with that store in particular. <clears throat> um, and then a couple of years down the road, we had ex- Bread and Circus had merged with Whole Foods. Right. Um, and we were opening up a bunch of stores in the D.C. area, moved down to D.C. and opened a bunch of stores and kind of just kept moving around um, in that space, opening up stores, building programs, moved to New York, um, had worked on the Fresh Fields merger and integrated those stores back in the day, which I think yeah. was 96 or 97. Yeah, mid-90s. Yeah. <clears throat> and I moved back to Boston, from the Boston area originally. 
Um, yeah, you're more popular than there. Tom Brady in Boston. You're more popular than Tom Brady is in Boston. <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase. Well, I did not hide all my Patriot stuff for this for this video, but um, it's not um, worth as much anymore. It's not worth nearly as much. It's not really worth as much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I kind of, you know, uh, kept moving around in Whole Foods. Okay. You know, we saw saw the Fresh and Wild store integration, which was our stores in London. Um, helped yeah. support those. And then was like, well, maybe I'll head back to Maryland and oversee the 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 DC, the DC and the team down there, and that was great. And then to to today, so after a while about being in Maryland, I was like, you know, I really want to kind of want to go home. And then um, decided to do a couple different things. And then I think I got a call from Edmund, who we all know and, and Edmund Lamarck, so yeah. Um, he's like, why don't you come join the, the procurement team? And so here I am. Um, so spent most of my career, uh, you know, at retail in the store, sort of building and supporting programs and helping define the, the retail standards for Whole Foods and produce with along with a lot of other great leaders, of course. Sure. Um, but then decided, you know, hey, maybe that is a spot for me um, working in the, on, the, on the wholesale side. Um, and a couple of my colleagues at the time was like, well, that seems sort of smart because that's what we always should have done. We should have always had a, an interest <clears throat> and exposure to the wholesale side. Being a retailer, you don't really know the other half of the business. Right. And now that I'm in this sort of wholesale side, the buy side and the supplier side, supporting our, our programs from the procurement end, should have done that a long time ago. Sort of, sort of, because it brings it all. It brings it all together in a lot of ways. You kind of understand. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now to today, um, sort of doing similar things, building a team, supporting our procurement process, and building out for the success of Whole Foods um, and yeah. for our supply partners. I mean, to me, it's all about um, a relationship and building out that that program um, together because we can't do it alone. We have to do it with the likes of the support of our retail, our retail partners, as well as our, our suppliers. And that's really important. So. Well, you know, in, in this space, in the organic produce space coming up, I mean, you know, you guys were pivotally important about trying to get people wanting to be in your stores. I mean, that was the, you know, you guys were the benchmark to get into, to try to get yourself to try to help a brand grow. I mean, the recognition of being in your stores got you recognition from other retailers. Um, that's just the way it worked back when, right? And and you guys are an instrumental part of uplifting and, and putting growers that we have today on the map, help them scale, help them, you know, be more fiscally responsible, help them, you know, guide them into that retail setting, which actually, in my opinion, I think you guys are absolutely pivotal when you take a look at where the, you know, the, the produce space is today overall, as well as, especially the organic produce space is today. I mean, you know, everybody figured out how to copy you, in my opinion. And uh, there's very few that were like you that led early on. I mean, there, there was a couple that, you know, you yeah, guys want to go side by side, but not a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so it's pretty impressive. So with that being said, though, um, tell me a little bit what you think, you know, how retail compares today versus like 10 years ago. Because it's definitely it's definitely changed. I mean, what's your what's your assessment yeah. of that from your perspective? No, well, it's I mean, it's it seems to change a lot every year, Todd. I mean, but I think going back to one of the reasons why we 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 were successful is we really owned the the relationship 
And that, yeah. was really, that was really important. Like, hey, we want to go here. Can you go there with us? And we'll help support each other to get there. Right. And to me, that was really important. Like, and you, 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 um, you honor your word. I mean, and, and you make it work. <clears throat> and we have supply partners that we've built and to today still have that have, have managed through that with us the whole time. It's like, Hey, I, I see this trend. Can you help us build out that supply side to get there? Right. Um, and I think our supply partners um, really have helped us do that. And the relationship between the two of us, Whole Foods and supply partners have been mo- one of the most important parts of the program. 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but to answer your question, um, 10 years ago today, well, geez, um, it's like it's if you blink and it's, it's 10 years go by. So yeah. I'd have to reflect back a lot closer, but I, you know, a lot more value added, um, a lot more ready to eat, ready to cook. Um, and they're real. It's people expect things all the time. You know, yeah. you expect to have um, pick the item all year long. Um, yeah. You know, we're seeing uh, the seasons blend in a little bit more um, because of just the, the evolution of, of products and programs. But to me, the biggest challenge ha- or the, the sorry, not the challenge, but the, the evolution or change has really been in just the value added space, like chopped kits. Um all the salad mixes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. I mean, we all did that years ago, right? We all had those, hey, the, the, the next greatest thing is going to be chop kits, right? Um, and we gave, it a, we gave it a good try, and it didn't work. Uh, and it's come back around now 10 or 15 years later and been widely successful. I think yeah. part of it is because the flavors are better, the mixes are better, um, and then there's the customers are looking to save time. And what's a better what's a better way to do it than have your salad all pre prepared, um, and the price is right. I mean, yeah, I can buy a good salad that I can feed my family um, for you know three or four bucks. Okay. That's a right. pretty good value, you know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, to to take the question full circle, where do you think it's going to head in the next ten years? Because it's obviously changing. I mean, you know, it seems to me that. Uh, home delivery is going to be a big deal. I think as labor becomes harder and harder and whether or not that writes itself or continues to become a struggle, home delivery is going to be a big deal. Um, e-commerce is certainly a big deal. We all know that. Um, but where do you think it's going to land in 10 years? This episode of Todd Versations is brought to you by Vitalis Organic Seeds. Organic seed for organic food. Learn more about their commitment to organic seed production and R&D at usa.vitalisorganic.com. You know, prognosticate. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm putting it's you on the spot question. because I, well, yeah. I know between now and the next 10 years, the Patriots aren't going to win a Super Bowl. So at that point, I'm just trying to get you back to the retail side. Exactly. I'm going to have plenty to do that. Um, I would say, you know, that's a good question. <clears throat> I would say value is going to continue to grow. There's no doubt. Um, we're going to see the evolution of packaging continue, the reduction of plastic and alternatives, whether it be compostable or top seal or whatever it may, you may have it. Um, I do, from a retailer's perspective and someone who's been around for a long time, 
you know, and I spent a lot of time at farmers markets and at farms and touching product and holding product because you, you know the, the tactile aspect of retail to me is the most exciting. You know, going into a store, seeing an abundant display. So um, in many ways, I hope it doesn't get to this place, but I definitely see things becoming more packaged. But as a green grocer, I, I have this sort of lament of how things have happened because I love the, the love, the freshness and the aspect. So I think Whole Foods will always be in that space because that's what has driven our program is the, is the, is the freshness and the display and it's inspiring and it's, it, it speaks to freshness and quality, right. but there's going to be um, aspects of packaging continuing to evolve. So it I has think to we'll, be. it has yeah. to be because of the convenience factor. Um, but I would say that supply partners are doing a remarkable job of understanding what the right package is to maintain quality. Mm-hmm. I think we are always in a place where if it's packaged, it's lesser quality. That's not the case anymore. People are doing a great job with innovation to, to get the product to be at its right state for the retailer. And I think that will continue to evolve. Like if I look at, <clears throat> if I look at the UK retail space, everything is packaged. Everything's in its little sort of punnet. Right. And it has identifications and that's great. Um, but I don't go into a store in general at times and feel inspired about food, particularly in the produce space, because you don't, you lose that aesthetic of sorts. It becomes right. a very um, programmed. So I think there's going to be a balance. So we'll have to see how that evolves over time. I think we'll always have a major component of, of that because it does inspire people. It does inspire people to cook and, 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 and shop fresh as they would in a farmer's market. Or, yeah. You know, a couple of old sort of green grocery type of approaches. So I think that's important. Well, I 100% agree with you. And I very, very well said. And I think just to lean you back into packaging, you're absolutely right. That's going to have to evolve and change. You know, packaging, I believe, is a positive cost of food. It's provided that we're finding packaging technology, it's going to be better to the planet. You know, we can't, mm-hmm. what we're putting out there now isn't necessarily in the best interest long term of, you know, our global stewardship. Um, you know, so I believe that's going to be a real thing that's going to have to get leaned into. But, I, you know, one of the things that I think you guys have always done is that you guys have always been kind of the morals and values leader out there in a lot of ways. And, you know, you're the first certified U.S. national retailer. You spearheaded change for clean label products. Um, you know, you're talking about packaging in the, in the perspective of, you know, it's, it's great. You understand it, but it's not to your point. It's just not really overly appealing when everything in the world's packaged, you know, produce is an area in the store that, you know, you can actually physically touch. You can, you can literally go pick your five apples. And I think consumers like that. They like that control in the grocery store. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing. Cause everybody has a different, I mean, a different, um, palette, Todd. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and hey, my wife likes her pears firmer. I like mine almost overly soft. Um, some people like their bananas with spots. Some people like them with a with a with a touch, touch of green. green in them. Yeah. So I mean, it, it all depends on your on your on your palate. So I think there's a reason to have that sort of bulk produce alongside if you have space with some packaging because there's got to be that customer that wants to pick a melon that's 
that's going to be ready in a couple of days or ready today. Right. Um, but they may want to buy two melons, two melons in a in a bag because um, that's most convenient for them, and mm-hmm. they're going to bring them home and, and ripen them at their leisure. So adult, it, it really depends. So um, it, it's it's what you can what you can do and what you can accomplish. And I think you have to understand what you really want to become as a retailer and what you want to own and, and, and what your aesthetic's going to be and how that carries throughout the whole store. So totally. But you know, when I think about you guys, you know, becoming that first certified, you know, retailer. Um, and again, thinking about all the work you guys did, uh, not necessarily in produce, but I mean, across the whole store for clean label products. I mean, that's a huge responsibility that you guys took on. I mean, talk about a positive cost of food. I mean, you guys, you know, stick your neck out a little bit, start driving these conversations forward, knowing that it's, you know, financially is a challenge, right? Because it, it's, it's a great store. We want the consumer to embrace it, but those brands are, you know, they're, they're not the 99 cent brands and they shouldn't be because they're doing things other folks aren't doing. What's that kind of that responsibility of that kind of mindset, um, you know, in that directive, what's it kind of taught you? Because it, it had to have changed you a little bit. Uh, I mean, I know you've come up in this culture and you've, you know, you've always been a part of it, but when you look around what others are doing, I mean, you have to have some sense of pride of change that that directed has taught you. Yeah. Uh, good question, Todd. I, you know, I try. I try. There's more good ones. <laughs> and there's more Patriot cra- and you're going to get more Patriot crap. <laughs> exactly. Well, you've come, you, you, you've come with some good questions. Sometimes you don't have good questions. Sometimes your question is a little bit questionable, but that's all right. Too. Thank you. I'm okay. Um, if I'm fine with being just questionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, to me, you know, and I go back to the, to the, to my early days, particularly at Bread and Circus, um, is I think it was our, you know, when you have a store that had, um, had core values and um, mission statements, you, you, you own that. And it was our duty to make sure that when someone walked in the door um, as a customer, um, that you were supporting the brand from end to end. And mm-hmm. that to me was really important. Like if we're, if Whole Foods, and for me, um, if I was, a produce clerk or a produce team member or a produce coordinator or director or whatever, it was my responsibility to make sure that what I put out there represented what not only the brand, but also what was behind the brand and also um, what I stood behind and what Mm -hmm. was my, my, my uh, directive and, and, and duty was to make sure that, I wanted to make sure that I was giving the customer what I expected. And that was Mm -hmm. a great experience, great quality, and a sense of satisfaction when they left the store. The last thing that I want to hear, and I believe I hear it at times from a neighbor or a friend or a family member, oh, that that, that peach wasn't great. It's like, well, you know, that really bothers me. Like, and that's that's been part of (laughs) maybe some of my... um, some anxieties at times is want to make sure that I'm giving our customer um, what I expect and in the, the experience and the quality and the flavor. And that goes with organics. Someone comes into our store and wants organic. I want to make sure that they get organic. And, right. and that's really, that was really important to me that they come in and they get organic. 
Um, if they come in and want a great tasting peach or a great tasting tomato, I want to make sure that we have that for them. And if we don't, then I'm not going to offer it, Todd. That's right. clear. Like, hey, if there's not a good peach out there, then we shouldn't be selling peaches. I don't want to sell somebody a lesser quality peach just to have that peach. I agree. That to me doesn't that does that to me does not represent what Whole Foods is about and what I'm about as a retailer. You know, um, I love it. So to to me, that's that kind of I think hopefully encapsulates the sort of the that question in a lot of ways is you got to stand behind what you what you want to accomplish and what you what you want to do as a retailer is you got to stick behind and stand behind your core values and your mission. Yeah. Your I agree. You know, hey, look, some, sometimes you make more money on the produce you don't sell than the produce you do sell, and that's absolutely. exactly yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how, how many times have you been with somebody that's like, you know, those, those guys always have really bad peaches. I'm not going to buy peaches from right. that retailer again. And, and then that always becomes their thing. Like, that's the bad peach guy. Or every time I go to that store, I buy you know, soft apple. I, you know, you pick yeah. the thing. No, 100%. You're 100%. So, you're 100% right. And, and it sticks because there are there are folks out there that, you know, put stuff on the shelf because they think they've got to have no matter what it is on the shelf. We know what shipping stuff is like. We know that things are, are grown nowadays for uh, the outward appearance and to get across country and to go through the supply chain, the whole nine yards, and they come out with no flavor or they're watery. They're just this or that. I'm not going to point out it. You, you know what the commodities are. I think a lot of people yeah. in the shop retail know what the commodities are, but you're absolutely right. There is some value to be had in having value, right? And I think absolutely. you summed it up, summed it up beautifully with what you just said. And if in and, and if you don't want that, there's other stores that you can shop in that have that representation, and that's fine too. Absolutely. Um, and, th and there's nothing wrong with that. This is just what we do, and this is what I do. And and I've never been in a position to to say what other people do or don't do. I'm I'm responsible for me and for my team and for what we do at Whole Foods. And to me, that's most important. I always want to know what somebody else is doing because I'm, let's be clear. I watch every retailer just as much as I watch myself. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm doing what we do, particularly for our customer. For sure. To me, that's the most important thing that, that, that I want to make sure that I'm doing with not only our supply partners and making sure that they get that message because, because I'm just a conduit really to, to be clear. I'm just bringing the stuff from the supplier to the store. I'm just the facilitator in the middle, helping get it to get it there. Right, right, right. So to me, that's that's my responsibility. Um, I'll never forget, Todd. Years ago, you know, grandparents, you know, never would buy corn in the in the in the early spring. You know, because, probably because right. they had bad experiences with it. Sure, you know, sure. being in New England, we don't get corn until August or September, right? Um, so I was like, hey, hey, grandma, um, you should try the corn coming out of Florida right now. It's really great. So I was like, Eric, we don't buy corn until it's grown from, you know, this guy down the road. I was like, okay, fair enough. So I just brought some over one day, um, you know, speaking of like, you know, owning something and, and yeah. making sure it's something that the quality is there and it tastes good and the perception behind things and what we do in different ways. It was really important to, to, to sort of prove to my grandmother um, in some ways that, hey, you know, there's different things out there you should try. And I brought her some corn that was fresh from Florida because it was their summer program. Um, right. And it was close to home and the varieties had changed and then, than they were years ago. 
Um, and she enjoyed it and changed her perception. And I think those are the kind of things that we continue to, to prove at, at Whole Foods is those types of experiences. So I think that's so cool. What a great story. What a great story to bring it back around. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. Let's want to shift gears a touch a little bit and talk about ag technology a touch. Just because the fact, you know, look, anybody that's that's an ag startup company, some way somehow, is finding somebody's email inside your company to say, "Hey, will you buy my stuff?" I'm 100 positive of that statement. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you know ag technology um, is is kind of coming into this space, whether it be you know maybe even how ag technology has changed in your opinion. I mean, it's kind of a broad question, but. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm just more curious as to, you know, how you're perceiving of all this now, because, you know, it, it, there's there's companies being funded and, and popping up all over the place. I mean, you've got guys growing yeah, yeah. stuff in yeah. Oklahoma City up and you got guys. There's people up in Fairbanks now that are doing stuff. There's people out in the middle of Dubai. It, it's it's coming. So tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about you know that for you. Well, it's I think it, what it's done is it's really sort of helped. um there's no shortage of it, right? There is, yeah. there's ag tech doing this component or that component or that component. Um, you know, to me, one, the one thing it's done is it's helped on the assurity of supply, right? It's, it's been, you, we've been able and supply partners have been able to understand um, all of the inputs more scientifically mm-hmm. um, to understand how a product a crop or an item may may yield now yield meaning um, you know germination to right. um, harvest to transportation to retail right and I think that in some ways, is has made us a lot better and smarter um, to be able to help support um, the supply needs. You know, right. um, how many times have you in the past have we all heard that? Oh, geez, I just walked by that field and didn't realize it had gone to seed. Right. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore because mm-hmm. folks are are using drones or have technology in place to understand how the crop is heading from the time um, you plant it to the time it's harvested. Mm -hmm. And it helps the retailer um, understand what supply they have to get to market. Um, If I look at the other side of the business, um, it's been really cool, Todd, to be fair. I mean, it's wonderful to see all this stuff um, emerge I mean, going back many, many years ago, you know, we didn't really have a lot of expansive greenhouses here domestically. No. You know, we were we were flying in tomatoes from Holland because they were the best quality tomatoes at the time. Um, right. And herbs from here and, and product from here and there. Now, um, you know, fast forward 20 plus years, it's happening here domestically in our backyards. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's cool to see. Uh, it's cool to see local product um, close to home, um, indoors or outdoors. And I think there's a tremendous amount of, obviously, clearly, science and technology that's been sure. implemented to help bring that to market. 
Um, so really cool. Um, you know, really cool to see varieties change, um, inputs change, um, the, the overall technology um, and understand sort of how product really needs to grow with various spectrums of light and water inputs and so on and so forth and, and taking in, into consideration all the environmental challenges. Sure. So it's really cool to see how it is emerging um, and bringing product close to home that we never thought could be close to home. Right. I mean, particularly here in the Northeast, there's a, a tremendous amount of, you know, greenhouse growers now that are growing at scale, bringing product to the Northeast. That's really every, cool. every day. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice. Really to cool. Yeah. So, Fresh lettuce in December in Boston. That's absolutely. You, you've never so, seen that in your career up until. No, no. So it's really cool to see, um, you know, where it's going, you know, is going to be interesting. I, I think we're going to have to understand um, if there's going to be, um, you know, saturation and in the space and, and how things work out. Um, yeah. Well, I think you got to expect a culling of the herd, right? I, I mean, I think some of it's just going to be, you know, some of it's hard to scale. Some of them are, you know, but I, but I believe what the, the important part of what ag tech is, is they're doing the heavy lifting to make the world a better place downstream as well. Right. So it's the hard work. And I hate to say that, you know, the thinning of the herd, that sounds so, you know, kind of flippant to say it, but the fact of the matter is it's with any industry, you always have some attrition that comes out of this kind of growth, mm-hmm. especially as much as, as going on today. But I think what we're learning and what these guys are doing, you know, you take a look at some of these guys and I was talking to this with somebody uh, just recently, you know, how many of these guys are actually using this technology and working with, you know, being able to produce food in space. Right. Because you can't put, you know, you, you, if we want to try to go to other planets and do some of the things we talk about, these big dreams, these big goals and ask, you know, we want to get off this planet for some weird reason. Um, you, you can't haul all the food within a rocket. We don't have rockets big enough. Right. So you're going to have to grow food. So a lot of these guys are, you know, there's, there's guys out there that are doing some pretty crazy stuff. So I agree with you that, you know, I think technology is, is it's a good thing. Technology is a dangerous thing. But I think when it comes to, you know, we need to be paying attention to it. But I don't think we're going to get away from it. I think we actually, in a lot of ways, need to embrace it because I think what those learnings are are going to be beneficial downstream. Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, um, there is there is a again. If I go back to the surety of supply, I think there is something to that as well. But you know, to me, it also has to be quality. Just because you grow something indoors doesn't mean it's good from at least from my perspective Mm -hmm. also has to taste good and i think there are there is a lot of of science going into what what is flavor as well so for sure understanding the the components of flavor and understand the components of quality and trying to identify you know uh, what items you should grow is extremely important um, and 100%. That's, that's going to be different in every geography and every different situation. Um, and again, every, every going back to what I said earlier, it may work for some retailers and it may work for others. Um, right. and not sure how that's going to work out. Agreed. But, you know, I think, you know, for us, we continue to look at it. We continue to understand it. Um, again, we've been supporting indoor growing and outdoor growing since the beginning. And we've, we'll t- yeah, continue, no doubt. We'll continue to well, so well, figure out what's the right item for us. 
So look, I think I think technology, in my opinion, is real simple, right? It's it's not an and or an or. I say this all the time. It's an and. But you know, there's a difference between working with Mother Nature and trying to be Mother Nature, and the latter is the one I think we need to be concerned about. Working with Mother Nature, to your point, how much light does it take to make sure your flavor profile stays the same? Those are great learnings, right? Those are some very interesting things that have you know can do a lot of really cool stuff. But when you're starting to bend what Mother Nature has put in front of us to craft something that's completely different, that, I believe, starts to become dangerous. And to me, that's where my line in the sand is. Like, again, work with Mother Nature. Don't be Mother Nature. Yeah. And I think it's, it's um, you know, it's also like, you know, the balance. Because then you get folks what's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have lettuce in New England in the winter. Um and so be it, right? <clears throat> but I think if it's the quality's right and yeah. the price can work, um, then then we should we should see if our customers um, would appreciate it. And absolutely. And so and that's okay. I agree. And so so well, yeah, I want to stay in the yeah. Cool. Thank you. Uh, it's a great answer. I want to stay in the technology thing a little bit. Let's chat a little bit about um, you know Amazon, the new mothership. Um, and, and what's going on. So, you know, now that you guys are a part of Amazon, how much of you guys kind of influence some of their thinking? Because, you know, you guys have your own culture, you have your own kind of way you've been doing stuff, they have their own way, and you kind of come together. And, and how is that? You know, how have you guys influenced them? You know, good question. I think um, two for two, two for two, baby. I should keep track, actually, and I'm not. Please don't. Please um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been it's been a really good experience. Um, you know, they've they've been a champion of our quality standards from from day one, and never want us to compromise them. And I think that's extremely important. Um, I think it's been a it's been a great to have a partner that helps us in our thinking. Um, and challenges us to to be better, and I think you can't ask for a better partner in that space. Right. Um, so you know how we made them better. Well, you know you could say, and or, or you could, or I could, but depends on on your perspective. But I think we're one of the best retailers uh, of food in the country, perhaps the world. So I think we've helped help them in a lot of ways by just being that, being the best retailer and having that experience in this space. Right. Um, and I think that that means a lot, you know, not, not patting ourselves on the back, but we've worked hard to, to, to um, be that retailer that folks have looked up to. Um, and I think it's been a really good uh, partnership. With how, how about from a cult? Yeah. But from like a cultural standpoint, Blending them together. Is you know, that well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because I think the the, the a lot of the cultures are similar. So, mm. um, you know, the print our leadership principles are are, are similar, um, and a customer obsession. You know, um, look at that alone. Sure. I mean, and going back to my point earlier, to me. It's all about taking, making sure that the customer has the right experience at Whole Foods Market, mm -hmm. um, and giving them what what we expect and what they expect, and it's it's quality, and it's no different um, um, with Amazon. It, you know, the customer is is the most important, and I think that's that resonates with both of us. I love that. Thank you, thank you for that. But you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. 
um, in relation to Amazon and this acquisition, this and that. So some of those, I mean, you hear them. I mean, people have come to, I'm, I, you know, you read them in the news, whether people ask you the question, whatever cases. What do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are that, that, that people just don't get about the fact that Amazon is, you know, they've got clean label products on their site. They highlight clean label products. They work with people to promote clean label products on Amazon's, you know, site, et cetera. Um, is there anything of those negative beliefs out there that need to be set right, you think, or? I don't am I know. Put, am, I, am I sending you down a dark, dark, slippery slope? No, no. I, Todd, I've been around a long time. <clears throat> um, I, I've answered this question and had this question asked ask me. I can't even tell you how many times. Oh, I love it. Um, going back to the bread and circus days. Well, ever right. since Whole Foods bought bread and circus, things aren't worth the, what they were. Ever since Fresh Fields got bought up by Whole Foods, uh, things exactly. were exactly. Ever since Whole Foods uh, bought Wild Oats. The stores aren't the same. I've been hearing it for now 30 years. Right. Every time, every time I've heard it, my answer is always the same. Well, we've become better. So I'm not sure. I'm not Love sure. How to, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Um, you just um, did. It, it's the same answer every time. Yeah, we've become I love better. It. We've become better. We've when we went, we when we went from you know five stores to, to 20 during the acquisition of Whole Foods or whatever the count was. We became better. We became we we our our, our reach and the and the quality that we've offered our customer um, with now 530 stores um, is remarkable. Um, yeah. So every, I, I, every my answer is always the same. We become we become better. I, and thank you for saying it because I know that it's out there and it's actually some of the feedback I got from people. We were talking a little bit and it's like you know well what is all it's like. You know, they continue to grow. I, but you're absolutely right. I remember it. I can go back to the days when Mrs. Gucci's was bought. I go back to the days when all yeah. of this happened. And from the supply side, the suppliers are like, oh my God, everything's going to change. Um, but with change comes success. With change does mm-hmm. come opportunity, you know. Hey, I'm still so, here, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's that says better. something. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still inspired. I still want to, 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 um, to bring our customers great quality product um, and work with our supply partners to make sure that they have that experience. So um, again, my answer is the same. I love it. Great. I love it. Let me shift gears a little bit because we know we're dealing with some stuff right now. We're dealing with labor. We're dealing with trucking problems. We're dealing with supply problems. We have, you know, there's a hundred ships off the, off the coast here in California. They can't get offloaded, (laughs) et cetera. So what's something right now in you guys that you're sitting around in your, your meetings every week that, that, we should be worried about from both the supply and a kind of a retail perspective. Um, interesting. You know, I, you know, it's going to be hard to see this catch up, right. With all mm-hmm. these different challenges um, and we're all, we're all facing it in, in one situation or another, whether it be your local coffee shop that's closed um, or has abbreviated hours, or you know, you you've been waiting for a new car for six months, whatever it might be. So um, I, there's always going to be challenges, Todd. I think it's how you navigate through them, and and how you how you represent your your company and your brand in in these circumstances. Okay. Right. It's like, you know, you be honest, you, 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 you be in front of it and you say, hey, I'm sorry that we may be experiencing this or experiencing that. Alternatively, here's a solution. 
mm-hmm. um, and you just be honest with each other about how to navigate through it. Um, but I don't think this is this is this is just one issue that we're we're confronted with today. Um, there's going to be something else tomorrow and the next day, and how we navigate through that's going to be um, going to be how you are successful. To be honest, right? So um, you know, it's, it's coming up with alternatives. Being, I think, being savvy and being able to mm. course correct really quickly. I think, you know, if blueberries are stuck on the water in LA um, because there's a there's a log jam um, on the ports because of all the various issues, then what are you alternatively going to sell to make sure your customer has the right experience? And you're going to have point. to course correct. Um, and, and if they're also dealing with, you know, quality challenges and you have a supply partner in a relationship that is important that um, has product on the water that's been sitting there. Well, how do you help them out too? So you have to look at it from both angles. Like, okay, well, this, this person has brought fruit in on our behalf. How can you make it work for them um, and come up with some solutions to help them navigate through this challenge as well? Because to, to me, it's not just about looking at the problem that, that we're facing, but it's also looking at the problem that other people are facing too, to help them navigate through navigate through the challenges, because let's be clear, if <laughs> if we don't have supply partners um, to help support us, then we, we can't be Whole Foods Market. Absolutely. Um, so it's important to make sure that we take care of our supply partners from end to end and through these challenges. So I, I love it, and and God, you just set me up for my next question because what I wanted to ask you or get into next is talking about, you know, what I said earlier when we started is about how much you have uplifted so many brands. And as a young brand is out there today trying to find their runway and trying to get their feet, you know, and to grow and to, and to bring more food into the supply chain, what would what advice would you give a brand right now what they're getting ready to try to enter the retail space? Yeah, um, I think it's really comes down to what do you want to be? Um, Great question. Great answer. Like, you know, we've, we've got stuff presented all the time and it's like, well, that's just what we already have that. Um, Is it the same or is it different or is it better? Um, I think you just have to understand what you want to, what you want to do and what you want to be. It's a great answer. So, you know, I don't, that's no, that's a it's that's a great answer. I mean, you're absolutely right. You got to have that course that you want to be on. Coming yeah. in, coming in, you know, with an identical to my Sharpie, saying I've got a Sharpie, just like that Sharpie. It's not called Sharpie, but it's got a different name. I mean, at the end of the day, how many do you need? I already got a right? Sharpie. Yeah, give me right, exactly. Yeah, give me something. Yeah, give me some. Yeah. So I'm going to stay on there a little bit because I think this is great. Yeah. I think these young. I think this is a great lesson for some of these young brands. So inside of Whole Foods. How, how does the buy side kind of influence your merchandising side? Well, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's, it, to me, it's all, it's all one and the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to work in concert with one another to make it work. Um, if, if, it's, if, um, if it doesn't work at retail, then we have to give um, our supply partners that, that input to, to, to change their way that they're doing something. And conversely, I want to hear from a from a, a grower or a broker or a wholesaler um, about what they're maybe seeing that maybe we're not doing. So, so to me, you know, 
it's a it's a two way street, but it's a partnership, and it's it's all the same. So what what I and what I mean by that is that it's it's always connected. So right. so what you may see um, um, today um, in grapes in Bakersfield, um, um, we're going to see it retail in two or three weeks, right? Right. So so how do you how do you understand how to how to react? and influence that at retail. Okay, well, it's it's been um, was really windy in Bakersfield, right? Did you guys have a tremendous windstorm the last couple of days? Big time, big time. So, okay, so what does that mean at retail? What are we gonna, what do we need to do there to help support that at retail? And then conversely, hey, three weeks from now, I'm seeing this condition on, on grapes because it's been so windy um, or was so windy three weeks ago what can we do to give and close that loop and provide, excuse me, provide that feedback back to the grower and say, Hey guys, here's what, here's how, what you saw is now influencing us at retail and what we've needed to do to, to, um, retail grapes in this space. We've had a, you know, shrink displays. We've had a, we've had to call the, call the packs a little bit differently because we're seeing some, some condition challenges that we didn't experience. Um, so, you know, the, and, and so, but again, it's really the connection between the two. If, and we have to, we have to honestly be um, the prognosticators of sorts to understand yeah. that, okay, well, it's been, it was really hot in the West Coast um, um, during this window um having that relationship with the supply partners um to understand um what they're experiencing then to then course correct in advance at retail to make sure that we're in a in a position um and to support the assurity of supply so absolutely so it's like it's a connection there because it's it's all the same if we don't if we don't um, alter our stores merchandising schematics to to the season or to the search situation, then we're gonna over challenge or overtax the system in many ways that shouldn't be. But then conversely, if there's a, a run on something, um, we need to also be nimble enough and course correct to help absorb some of that supply um to help support retail if that's something we want to do so absolutely to, to, to me it's it's you know you could look at it as wholesale and retail um to me it's the same it's it's a connection and it's one team and it's one program everyone just got different jobs right, right. supporting and supporting each other to help support the process but but ultimately it's one thing it's one connection so uh, right a lot well and you know being the fact that you're a national you know national chain you got stores all over the place. You know, it's a tough thing to manage. It's a tough thing to herd those cats when you're trying to figure out oh, yeah. what am I going to do with this? You know, is this product good enough to only go this far? Is this product good enough to go that far? And is your better product to move here? I mean, it, it's a Ouija board every every day, I would imagine, with your team. Now, that's got to be something that takes a little bit of time to learn to manage as well is oh, that mechanism that's in place. And I think you described it really, really well. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's just important for young brands that are listening to this kind of get a perspective of like, again, just don't be that sharpie. Right. Um, 
and, and, and what it's going to take and what the, the thought process is. One of the things I think that you guys do so very well and have always done is, you know, you, again, go back to what I said earlier about you guys wear your morals and values on your sleeve. You guys were raising the bar constantly out there, which is always a challenge, right? You know, you always put a target on your back when you start to raise the bar. You know, people find, a lot of times you see people when you raise the bar, people go south because they can get cheaper. You know, they see that kind of pivot. I've seen that over the time in my career. But how do you guys balance like some of these corporate goals, whether it be like fair trade and local and private label? Because you guys support a lot of really great things. And that's got to be tough for you guys to manage. How do you guys do that? This episode of Todd Versations is brought to you by Vitalis Organic Seeds, organic seed for organic food. Learn more about their commitment to organic seed production and R&D at usa.vitalisorganic.com. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. I think, um, you know, it, 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 all those, to me, a lot of, all those things really help support quality. And, mm-hmm. Good and answer there. And that's our goal is to support quality. Sure. Um, and, and that's quality of, of product and quality of, of life and quality of the planet. Um, so how we, we have, there's lots of initiatives, right? Don't, and no shortage of them. Um, but to me, they all are important in, in their own right, but collectively mm-hmm. they help support the mission of quality. And to me, that's, <clears throat> to me, that's most important. Um, I, I do want to mention one thing back to the original point though, um, the, you know, buy side and influencing things mm-hmm. is in particularly to the brands, particularly with new folks and brands is to just make sure you listen um yeah take uh, the advice take the advice listen to the retailer um and don't just listen to me or 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 my perspective listen to everyone's perspective because everyone's going to have uh an angle or input that's really important um to help influence you and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish in this space because you know hey the product might may not work for us but it may work for somebody else and that's okay um, as long as that's important to you, um, right. just listening is really important, but yeah. back to your, back to your, back to your question on the balance, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it, again, it supports quality, Todd. I think that's really important. Um, if it helps improve quality in all the various aspects of quality, then it's something that we'll, we need to manage and it's hard to manage it all. Don't, don't, you know, Oh, hundred percent. There's a lot there. So, I mean, you know, pick the certification. Um, there's a lot there. And I think yeah. we, we do a good job with managing them all um, as best we possibly can. So Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, it goes back to where I was kind of threw that question up because it's taken me down a little bit of trail about consumer education. I mean, I think we both would agree that consumer education is extremely important. And I think you guys have done a good job of that. You know, you walk into your, um, you know, uh, health and beauty and, and vitamin section, whatever the case may be in the store. And boy, your people are, you know, they're Johnny on the spot. A, they know a heck of a lot and they get great advice. They're great to talk to. And that's super important. I mean, that's what, you know, you walk into something and don't know, you know, you walk in to look at a jackfruit and no idea what it is other than this big moss, you know, massive thing. You know, it's good to have somebody kind of highlight and tell you that. So, Consumer education, I think you probably would agree, and I'm not going to draw a question out, but it's probably pretty important. And certainly some heavy lifting that a retailer should always continue to do. Um, and trust is another thing I think that's really important. And I think that's something that you guys have created with your consumers. You know, when I think about consumer education, the trust is an important thing. And you guys have established that kind of in that, um, you know, having that relationship with the customers. So 
that kind of weird question I kind of threw out leads me to this one is like, how do you let them know that you guys are still out there doing all this heavy lifting for them? Because that's really what the consumer wants, right? They want you to do the heavy lifting. They want to walk in and have all the confidence in the world that every choice inside your store is the right choice. So how do you continue to let them know you're still doing that today? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> it's with some of the brands that we're doing, you know, the Source for Good brand, I think that we 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 did, which was a relaunch or a rebranding of our whole trade program, was important, you know, uh, doing the work to understand what what what's out there from a um, from a standpoint and sort of supporting it and continuing to just, you know, <clears throat> be the leader in in that space um, right. um it, it's important to make sure that you're you're continuing to evolve and supporting all the various all the various folks um but you know i think we've always had had uh, the responsibility of doing the heavy lifting whether it be going back from our quality standards yeah um, and not and not wavering from that that takes a lot of work todd um, and I think f- folks probably don't know how much it does take, but it takes yeah, a, a lot. It's a lot and of heavy lifting. A lot of heavy lifting. We, you know, we have, um, some new, new teams that have, um, been, uh, created at Whole Foods Market to continue to support that. Um, because to me, it supports our brand and, and we won't waver from our quality standards, in our, our ingredient list um, and anything else that may be coming up that we're not, we don't know yet. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, I think rest assured, we're going to do our, our due diligence to understand um, what may be happening or what's emerged and understand if it fits within Whole Foods Market to support our brand and support our quality. So love it. It's a yeah. great answer. No, it's a great answer. And I think it's just, again, it's so important. I think that again, the, the consumers, Consumers don't have a lot of time and they look for our retailers. They look for the you know shopping experience to tell them why and what's important, uh, whether it be food, whether it be a consumer electronics, whatever the case may be. I think it's just really important. But I, again, I, I commend you guys for doing that and, and for doing the heavy lifting because you have raised the bar. You have made retail yeah. better. And we, gotta, of- and we got to, I mean, not just me and my team, but uh, as a whole, the whole, the team members of Whole Foods Market really care. Um, and are doing the due diligence to understand if the product or the programs or the things that we're supporting make a difference. Um, and that, that's really important. Absolutely. So. Okay. Just what's kind of bringing this around full circle. What are some of the trends that are out there today that you think are, you know, we should be watching, whether it's, you know, microgreens, whether it's, it's new sustainable seafood, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be, is there something out there that kind of has you, the corner of your eye kind of always looking at these days <laughs> um uh, there's always something um i mean you know it's 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 like even just looking at the you know trying to find beer these days like you know buying beer these days is a whole different experience than maybe when you and i were kids buying beer um, well, we just bought beer that was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's like, well, I, now I want local, I want local beer, but how local do I really want it? Because I have right. now a whole, a whole choice. Um, you know, I, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good topic. I think, um, you know, 
there is um, indoor, which is, you know, obviously a big trend right. um, in how that's happening. I think there's a whole level of, of, of wonderful um, local programs that I think are really, really great that we need to continue to watch um, and did locally grown product that is. Right. Um, and I think also, um, you know, the, the sort of ready to eat salads and also the, the chopped salad space is pretty fantastic. So um, those are trends to, to really watch. And I think there's going to be a, um, you know, you've, you've, you've seen the, the, the startups and the various home delivery meal kit solution programs sure. sort of come yeah. and go. Um, but I, you know, I think that some of those may have been the sort of a casualty of, of sort of the situation we're in now, um, with COVID, but, but, um, I do, you do think that, that someone's really going to figure that out in a large way. And there's going to be some really fantastic, um, um, meal kits that are going to emerge. I mean, if you look at it, you know, one of the things about COVID that was interesting was how many people still wanted to have that in-home restaurant experience, right? Right. So, so restaurants um, and, at, at any scale, right, figured out how to do home delivery or pickup and have that similar experience from their local folks. Um, so you wonder if that's going to continue at a larger scale. And it probably is, um, you know, takeout and delivery and so on and so forth. I think people want to want to continue to watch that. Um, yeah, I agree. But there's a, I mean, there's no shortage of trends right now. No, there's not. There. So no, I think it's yeah, it's how do you how do you support and how do you how do you how do you embrace it? And at what point do you actually um, do you support it? I mean, do you support it early on? Do you let it run its course a little bit? Um, have some successes and failures, and then do you bring it in? Right. How long do you support it for before it, it becomes um, a waste of space? A waste of space and no longer a trend. It's hard to say. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, you're right. There's well, there's a lot of things coming. Whether it's seaweed, that's a, you know, seaweed's a big one now that's starting to get a buzz. I think you know, trying to get standards around you know uh, fish to be organic, especially yeah. farm raised fish. You know, things like this. I mean, there's some really cool things, and I think they're coming. Just a sidebar question I want to throw at you. I mean, with the announcement that uh, John Mackey's leaving after, you know, an amazing tenure and an amazing set of vision, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of chatting and hanging out with him a touch. And he's he's an interesting cat, to say the least. He's a cool dude. How's everybody feeling about John Lee? I'm sure it's probably like everybody kind of felt it might be coming eventually. But now that it's a little bit real, it's got to be a little surreal in some ways, I would think. Yeah, I'm sure everyone um is experiencing a little bit differently you know I, you know um he obviously is is the uh, been around you know the beginning i mean he started whole foods so i mean it's been it's uh it's, it's gonna be interesting he's he's john's fantastic he's got he's got this wonderful connection with people and our team members yeah. and, been supporting our team members since the beginning. Um, so that'll be um, some some shoes to fill for sure, but we have a really good team um, in, in Whole Foods now to support that as well. But you know, right. so he'll, he'll always be around, I'm sure. Oh, I'm um, sure. 
So, you know, you know, and I look at like him and then look at like ACs, you know, two guys that are, um, are trendsetters, um, and folks that have really created this, this environment at Whole Foods that, again, is second to none, whether it be the, the, the product we sell, the quality we sell, and the, and the team members that we support. I mean, it's, um, it's something that's really unique. So uh, absolutely. 100%. Oh, thank you for sharing. That. I didn't mean to put you on the spot on that, but it's, yeah. it's obviously big news to the deal. Yeah. yeah it's Let's shift, shift gears a little bit with you and just ask you a couple other just oddball questions. Stay on this track. You know, you, I've known you for a long time. You're an inspiring guy. You're fun to be around. You've got a great vision. You get this game. Uh, you know how to play it very well. Um, who or what inspires you out there today? When you think about something to get you fired, what you know? Who, who's in the world inspires you besides me? I mean, besides, obviously, that's just, well, besides yeah. you, that's hard to say. Um, well, just stop right there. I'll just cut that clip and just I'll own it. I'll put that on a t-shirt. The number two person I would probably uh, go with, you know, um, it, you know, there's a lot of people that I look up to um, yeah. in my family. Um, a lot of people that I've worked with over time, you know, mm -hmm. to me, you know, I had the pleasure of working with a lot of wonderful people, you included. Um, Appreciate that. For a long, long time. And it's helped inspire me and helped shape me as a leader. And I've always been in a place where like, well, okay, now I've been afforded all this wonderful mentorship and, and um, experience over time. Um, how can I give back? So I, I the list of people that have helped inspire me is is long, and um, you can't say it's just. I can't say it's just one person in particular. That's good though. But, but there's a whole host of people, and I and I. Hey, the one thing that I've always thought that I've done well is at least listened, and I think there's sure, a lot sure. of people who have had had wonderful vision, and experience, and things to share, and I've just been. The benefactor and recipient um, and a good listener, to be honest, and and help and help listen to what people are saying, and then and then brought them on to my vision um, to help support and then give back to the people who who also are listening. Because it's not it's not you know I want to make sure that I'm doing my part um, as my my mentors and folks that inspired me to then in turn give them that same experience. So I think that's been really important. Um, that's the, the key to mentoring, man, is give back, right? The key to mentoring is, is, is to give back. And, you know, it's so funny when you think about mentoring, you know, you always, I think people think that you've got to be the 85-year-old guy talking to the 21-year-old guy, but there's just as much benefit being the 21-year-old guy teaching the 85-year-old guy something too, right? And Absolutely. mentoring is that two-way street. So I appreciate your answer. I mean, even to this day, Todd, like if, if I, you know, going back to how you, you talked about connecting retail uh, and the buy, right. Or I forget what the question was, but, but if I want to see something and want an answer, you know, what do I do? I go to the store. Yeah. Like, especially if it's a problem at Whole Foods, I'll go to a store and I'll talk to the, the, the produce team member in the store. It's like, Hey, how's this stuff look? And that opens up a whole host of questions that I never even thought that there would be um that i needed so it's like okay let's go um hey the strawberries are running a little rough today oh let me go run down to the store and talk to the team member a team leader in the store 
open up some strawberries, go look in the cooler, uh, look at the pallet of strawberries, and, and mm -hmm. you start going down this rabbit hole. And then I get on the phone um, or have an experience with somebody, or I go look at, you know, it's been hot, right? I go look at broccoli in the store. Broccoli looks a little, um, a little challenged. And then, so I look at the, go talk to the team leader and talk to the team member. And they say, well, hey, normally the broccoli comes in, looks like this. Um, it's this time of year. I get it. Um, let's go take a look at the product in the back room and see I, what's happening. And then, then we call a bunch of folks and understand that we probably should have done this differently. Um, but to me, it's like, I want to get right to the problem and, get, sure. and try to help support the process. And it's, again, listening to the people in the store, listening to the people that are, are experienced in that spot at that time that can help support the situation. So I love it. Ah, great answer, dude. That's a great answer. All right, let's have a little fun. You ready to have a little fun? You ready to play a little trivia, a little TLC Go trivia? For Go for it. Look at huge. Look at him step up like a big swinger right now. <laughs> he has no idea what's coming. You don't know what's coming. All right, here we go. This isn't right, too we'll hard. I got, you, I got you some good ones. I got some good ones. All right. Okay. So first one, what traditional Christmas plant is actually a parasitic plant? Uh, yeah, I knew this. I'm just opening up right now with a huge volley. You're going to go 0 for 1. I can feel it coming. Uh, parasitic plant. Cranberry. No. Mistletoe. Mistletoe. It's, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it can support its own life uh, through photosynthesis on the host that it lives. And it's not only parasitic, but it's also poisonous to both humans and animals, which I didn't know that part. Interesting. So I don't know why we I really don't understand why we stand under and kiss each other, because it seems like that's kind of goes against the whole premise. <laughs> if your plant you're underneath is parasitic and can hurt you. Yeah, I don't know. What's that, what's that say about who you're kissing? I don't even know. I'm not even going to go. Exactly. So. All right, here we go. What what was your nickname growing up? My nickname growing up. Yeah. Uh, well, considering my last name is Brown, it more more often than not was Brownie. So super boring. Boring. Super boring. I I had higher expectations out of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I did not see, expect to see that yeah. going. I didn't see that one. So it, dead or alive, who would you like to go to dinner with? Dead or alive, <laughs> go to dinner with. Um, you know, good question. Um, Again, here I go with them. Um, I probably, you know, my wife, my good kids, answer. Good answer. Know, that's at this point, it's it's all about them and and um. Nothing like that I like better than sitting at home having dinner with the family. I, I can't. That, that's a hell of a good answer. I, I couldn't disagree with you there. I couldn't yeah. disagree with you there, especially, you know, your kids, your kids are still home. Mine are gone. So when you get that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, there's we, a whole host of, there's probably sure. a whole host of like influential people that I could probably come up with as sports guys. And yeah, yeah. yeah. But your answer's, your answer's real. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. That's easy. So here, here we go. Final question. Just throwing it out there to you. Now, I know you're a huge Boston sports fan. I picked on you already, right? I mean, I know. I text you. And we, we go back and forth a little bit. But truthfully, how much do you hate Tom Brady right now that he's in Tampa? <laughs> well, especially after the weekend he had. Um, hey, you know. Hate's a big word. It's a big word. Hate's a big word. How can you hate Tom Brady? I mean, 
I, it's a, I think there's a lot of people that would probably to answer that question. Oh, I mean, hey, I grew up in Boston when it was a really hard to be a Boston sports fan. Outside Good. of the Celtics, we had our long drought with the Red Sox. We didn't have any sort of um, hope with the Patriots. And, you know, the Bruins were always in there and in, in here and there. So who would have thought, you know, 20 years later, we'd still be talking about Tom Brady um, tearing up the stat sheet and just and just killing it in Tampa Bay. I mean, it, hey, I tell you, talk about somebody who's inspiring. He, that's something to be something to, something to be inspired by. I mean, pretty impressive for a guy that was drafted 200 to a 212. Determination. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, I they obviously because he came up here for um, the, the game. Pats game. So it was all kinds of stuff that they were replaying. And there was one really kind of cool um, um, piece on Bob Kraft with, with him running into Tom at his first day of practice or whatever it was. And something saying like, um, him introducing himself to Mr. Kraft and I, I forget how it went, but you know, it was more like you've made the best decision in your life drafting me and he never let it down. No. And that, that in him getting drafted 199th and having the determination is, is why he's so successful. I mean, the guy just does not give up Yeah, and, and whatever, whatever he's faced with, um, he just works his way through it. And has been successful. So no I can't, can't hate the guy. He gave 20 years of his time up here. And we have six championships, which is unbelievable. It is so, pretty impressive. Now, do you have a Bucks jersey? Let's be honest. Do you have a Bucks jersey? I do, not, switch? I do not have a Bucks jersey. <laughs> That's <laughs> just a, no, you've drawn I am, I am very careful of what I do buy from a sports memorabilia standpoint. Um, I have very little, um, I have tons of hats and t-shirts, of course, but I do not. I'm not one of those folks to go out there and buy the latest, greatest jersey. Um, I think I have one official jersey in my closet, um, and that's of Pedro Martinez because he, to that's me, cool. epitomized um, that generation of Red Sox um, and just was so dominant, so gritty, so inspiring. It was just unbelievable. So I'm, I'll be proud to wear that jersey. Whatever I break it out, and if I'm if I'm lucky yeah. enough to get there, go to a game in the postseason. So, and I just don't think I just don't you know like you know to, just to, to quote quote do a little movie quote that the Tampa Bay colors just not everybody's color really. <laughs> Let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did, did you, Eric, you, you have been fantastic with your time. You've been so open, so honest, so trans. You know, you've just been so transparent with your answers and talking to everybody and giving a lot of advice to people. Quite frankly, and I I appreciate you. Um, you know, hanging out with me today on this platform and sharing and catching up. It's, you know, you're, you're one of my favorite people. I've just, I've always enjoyed your company and, uh, and just, you know, the way you think is just, it's, I wish more people thought like you did. I think the world would be a better place, especially in the retail sector, but I got one final question I want to throw at you, you know, and, and it's, you've, you've had an amazing journey, right. In your, in your 30 year career, um, you have really truly in a lot of ways have helped shape today's food world. I mean, you've been responsible for that. Um, you've helped a lot of farmers. You've helped a lot of folks improve their lives um, because of the, you know, what you've done and, and, and everything else. And for that, I appreciate you. And I saw a lot of people do as well. So my final question is, if you, if you could just change only one thing in retail, what would it be? 
<laughs> um, that was a really good question. Retail food or retail? Yeah, just retailing. Just when retailing itself. Retailing. Um, I've changed one thing. Yeah. Good question. Stump me. That's a stump. That's a stumper. Um, change one thing. You know, I mean, who, who? I never thought I'd be sitting here thirty years later, Todd, talking to, to you, um, and which I love doing. But I think people, if I could change one thing, I would think that 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 you could hopefully help people believe that retail can be a fun job and yeah. a fun and fun good job. That's um, a good answer. Um, I, I've had fun doing it for 30 years, been a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and I would think anybody who is working at retail and has worked at retail as long as I have, um, it's a lot of work, but you know, but work is okay. You know, you can, I have fun at work. Um, yeah. You know, and, but you know, work is hard. That's why I call it work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What a great, um, no, that's, that's a great answer. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It could be a career. It all depends on what you want to, what you want to make of it too. I mean, so I mean, never I never thought I'd be sitting here thirty years later, um, um, again at Whole Foods. I'm, I'm proud to be. Yeah. I never thought I'd be. If I reflect back, it was a it was a part time job on the weekend when I was at school. So right now, look at it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Eric, I, again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Hanging out, man. I, I just think oh, people always. are going to get a, a lot out of it. I really appreciate you. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see you. Be nice to hang yeah. out. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Soon enough. Um, yeah, whenever um, we'll meet up at some point soon. I'm not sure when. We well, usually see each other at the airport or some convention. But usually we see some. We find each other somewhere <laughs> in this, this planet. Mostly text messages these days, but nonetheless. Exactly. exactly. Well, thank thank you again for coming on. Thank you for being a part of the conversations. Uh, I know that your groupies out there are going to look forward to this one. And you have groupies. I want you to know. You have, you have a fan, you literally have, you literally almost could be almost K-pop-ish in a lot of ways. <laughs> Just letting you know, if you started a boy band, you'd be complete, you'd be a complete full circle. That's funny. I'm just saying. Thank funny. you, brother, very much. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good, um, have a good week. Go south. I will go. There you go. Thanks everybody for watching. <laughs> we appreciate you being here and uh, Eric Brown, everybody got to love it. Thanks, everyone. Be good. Remember, go inspire somebody. It's really important. It's not hard to do. Take care. See ya. Right, Bye.